Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Yeah, Canada has a, competitive, a competitiveness problem right now. I, I don't think there's any denying that. I think there are a lot of people who have been warning about that for some time, especially in the aftermath of tax reform in the U.S. You got the OECD out with a report this week saying Canada's got a competitive, uh, competitiveness problem. And now we've got the federal finance minister saying, okay, yeah, I guess we do. An interview over the weekend, Bill Morneau acknowledged that Canada does have challenges when it comes to competitiveness. And that says he will take steps in the fall fiscal update to try and address the problem. Now, outside of a full budget, I'm not sure what uh, of significance the government can do or even what kind of political will there is to do something big and bold, even if we are talking about in a budget. But maybe this is at least a step in the right direction. When it comes to addressing this this problem, because it, it's the kind of thing that, that can hold our country back. We do need to find ways, uh, certainly, of navigating these these uncertain economic times. But ensuring in the long run that we've got a, a plan in place to encourage growth. We need to grow the economy. Well, Jack Mintz uh, at the School of Public Policy, uh, President's Fellow at the School of Public Policy at the U of C, uh, again, has been uh, warning about this for some time and somewhat encouraged that the finance minister is conceding the point, but worries that uh, we might not see the kind of steps taken that are needed. Uh, Joining us to talk more about this, and by the way, you can read more from Jack Mintz in the Financial Post today. Uh, Dr. Mintz, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks. Well, and look, you've had a lot to say recently about the importance of addressing competitiveness. Is it at least a step in the right direction that we've got the federal finance minister kind of conceding that there is a problem? Uh, well, I think it's uh, it is a good thing uh, that uh, he concedes it's a problem, and uh, he said he would like to address um, the taxation of uh, new business investment, uh, which is kind of code words that. You know, we're going to try to support new investment, uh, but through some sort of concessions like accelerated depreciation or investment tax credits or whatever. And uh, so at least he's willing to accept that uh, Canada does have a problem in that sense. Uh, But whether it goes far enough is another story. Right. Based on what they're talking about, it doesn't seem as though we we should be uh, expecting any any big, bold moves. No, I don't expect any good, uh, big, bold moves. In fact, one of my big concerns might be that seems to start getting the same, well, you know, we're going to get some uh, accelerated depreciation for this type of firm and or that type of sector and that uh, sort of thing that you end up picking winners and losers. And I suspect that might actually happen where uh, only some types of investments are going to qualify and not others. So, for example, anything in the high-tech area might qualify your manufacturing, but then would oil and gas and mining get anything? Maybe not. Uh, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. 
Well, it's interesting. I mean, just this week, as the, the finance minister is conceding the point, we got the OECD out with a, a new report saying that, that Canada needs to, to review its tax policies to remain competitive with the U.S. I mean, it's just a, yet another voice in this conversation. I mean, um, certainly the, the evidence is pretty clear. I'm not sure exactly how economists measure competitiveness, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of doubt that we, we've got an issue here. Well, I think I think the best way of measuring it to me is is looking at how you're doing in terms of things like innovation, investment. Uh, investment's important for the adoption of new technologies and and things like that. And uh, and whether our entrepreneurs feel excited enough to start up new businesses and you know and, and move ahead, those those to me are very important aspects of competitiveness. And uh, one of the problems I, I think that we're facing now as a country is that it's. It's, uh, you know, not just, uh, you know, giving tax breaks for investments in in certain sectors, but I think we need a broad approach on corporate tax reform. Uh, but we also need to look at the personal tax side because right now Canada's um, top personal rate, which is, which hits, a, you know, kind of roughly uh, around, um, you know, uh, $220,000 um, and, uh uh, which is around $180,000, let's say American, or $170,000 American, uh, is about eight points higher than the American top rate. And uh, and and the top rate in the United States, it, it only hits at $600,000 in income, American. So people, if you are an entrepreneur or you're a young person and you're kind of looking at decisions where you want to be in life and where you want to grow a company, uh, right now, uh, United States, at least from a tax perspective, is very good. And with our declining dollar that we've seen over the past several years because of the route in the commodity markets, um, also salaries and incomes are much higher in the United States again. And this is the problem we had in the 1990s with brain drain, you know, where you had doctors and professionals and, and young entrepreneurs and others who, who decided to go down to the United States because not only is the market bigger and, and, uh, and you're kind of in the the major league when you go down to the United States, but also uh, you have uh, real benefits in in terms of being able to keep more of your money if you do succeed, yeah. and and that's uh, something that gets lost more in Canada because of what we've done in the past several years, you know, hiking taxes on the people that actually create jobs. Now, the United States has decided to make tax reform a priority at, at the expense of, of uh, addressing budget deficits. In fact, this year, looking at over $800 billion, over a trillion next year. And, you know, I mean, that that's that's huge. Obviously, look, we've got concern about budget deficits here. The Liberals have let those get, I think, bigger than they, they'd promised to. But, I, I mean, should we be similarly um, concerned? I mean, do, do we address tax reform here and then worry about the, the deficit later? Uh, well, I'm not convinced that you need to necessarily cut taxes as much as restructuring them to make them better. Um, and in fact, uh, uh, first of all, I think when you look at the American uh, uh, changes, there is some debate about how much the government will lose on the tax reform package because it was very productivity-oriented. It was very uh, growth-oriented, their package. It was, it was the corporate tax reform that was really most important in the U.S. changes, but also personal tax had some very important changes as well. And uh, and so when uh, there's some conservative estimates like the Joint Committee on Taxation that says suggests instead of costing uh, you know 1.5 trillion dollars, the package will only cost one trillion because of some growth. But I have had I've seen some estimates done of reasonable growth estimates, uh, like uh, uh, Larry Kotlikoff at Boston uh, University 
who has a very sophisticated model, he gets bigger growth impact. And so the tax reform package isn't as costly as one thinks, not as much as all the spending that's going on in the United States. And, and they do have a significant deficit problem. Mm-hmm. In Canada, our deficit problem isn't too large at the federal level. Uh, I think it's a shame we're not balancing budgets right now at the federal level when the economy is you know, doing reasonably okay. Uh, not great, but reasonably okay. And uh, if you're running a if you're close to your potential growth rate now, then it's not clear that you're gonna you need to run a deficit at this point. Right. Uh, but we do have a serious problem in some of the provinces uh, with very large deficits, uh, including Alberta, of course. And uh, and that actually, I think, is a big concern. Is there are the provinces need to get their act together? And you can lower rates and broaden basis. And I think there are some things that we need to do in Canada um, where we can afford cutting personal tax rates. Uh, we can actually do that uh, even for the very rich because there are things that we also give away on the other side that isn't necessary and that are wasteful, like all special credits, like labor-sponsored venture capital credits. And uh, I can go through a list of these things. And uh, and so it might be possible to do a really comprehensive tax reform where you lower the rates and you end up with broader bases and actually the revenue cost is, is minimized, especially once you take into account some reasonable growth impacts. Right. That's not to say that Canada's on the side of what economists call the Laffer curve, where lowering taxes will automatically result in higher revenues. But recognizing that there's a revenue cost if we allow our economy to stagnate, if we allow investment to to flee the country, that there's a price to be paid for that. No, that's right. And we also have to remember there's still large debt. I mean, the federal government uh, net debt is now close to a trillion dollars. And the provinces are running extraordinarily high uh, debt. Uh, Alberta is not so high because we started at, at almost eliminating our total debt. <laughs> now, now we're now we're getting uh, debt that's starting to approach. Uh, you know, as people project in a few years' time, close to 100 billion dollars. It's huge. You know, think of that. You know, when you, you know, uh, Alberta is about 11 percent of the population. That's like running 100 billion dollar, you know, trillion dollar debt at the federal level. So I mean, it's uh, it's a real concern. So. I think, uh, you know, I think governments are going to have to pay attention to that. But you also make the debt burden less problematical if you have more growth. In other words, uh, if the debt doesn't grow as fast as your economy, then eventually the debt-GDP ratio falls down. And that's a good thing. So that's why growth growth is really important. We have to be focused on growth because growth is what kind of allows you to kind of gives the all the money that you need to have to do all the great things you'd like to do whether it's lowering debt or providing more social services or making sure people have good health care, you know, we run a great, you know, running a good education system, all that's important. And I've worked in a lot of less developed countries in the world. And I can tell you, I don't know of any less developed country that has a first class uh, education system and a first class healthcare system. That's because they don't have the money to spend uh, as you get in the more advanced countries, which can afford these things more. And that's why growth is so important. So what would you recommend to the finance minister? Well, I think I think we should uh I think I think the finance minister since uh uh I don't think the Department of Finance alone uh should be doing uh this kind of um comprehensive tax reform. I think the minister should create a panel uh and look at uh serious ta- corporate tax reform, corporate and personal tax reform in Canada, maybe even the GST because it's full of uh, holes in the in the tax base, and 
you know, if we had if we adopted something like the New Zealand GST, we could have a three percent GST rate instead of a five percent GST rate. So there's things that uh, we should be looking at at our tax system. I think doing a wholesale tax reform, uh, coming up with a set of recommendations, let people discuss those recommendations as part of a consultation, and then the government making up its mind uh, what to do, which would probably take some time. And so in the meantime, if he wanted to, in the budget update, do some temporary tax credits and things like that at this point uh, just to, um, you know, handle things. Although I think he also needs to lower the carpet rate. He doesn't admit that yet. Uh, but you want to do that to short, help short up revenues in Canada uh, because our rate, our corporate rate now is going to be one of the highest in the OECD now. Um, you know, I think that we should be really looking at these uh you know, looking at these changes in a very uh, significant way and, and move in that direction. I think just uh, tinkering with the tax system to address some of these competitiveness issues is not going to get us very far. No, indeed. Uh, well, more from you in today's Financial Post. Uh, people can read uh, more at financialpost.com, much more at policyschool.ca. Uh, Dr. Mintz, appreciate the insight as always. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Uh, my pleasure. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.